From Sacramento, the Bishop's Radio Hour with Bob Dunning. Focusing on today's issues in the context of gospel values. Now, here's Bob Dunning on Relevant Radio. That's me. Welcome to you on this beautiful day the Lord has made. Appreciate you all being with us on the Bishop's Radio Hour. Indeed, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And we're glad to welcome in Molly Sheehan, the uh, Associate Director for Respect Life at the California Catholic Conference, which represents uh, all the bishops of the state of California uh, to the uh, California legislature. Molly, good day to you. It's so nice to be here with you, Bob. Thanks for having me. Good good to have you, Molly. It is uh, October. It is. It feels like it's July, but uh, uh, it is October, and October is Respect Life Month, so I guess this is your month. It, it keeps me busy, yeah. You know, we, we get to celebrate the beauty of every human life. Yes, and yes, indeed. Tell us, tell us about your 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 role at the at the conference. You've been there how how many years now? So uh, coming up on a year of of being here at the conference. Before that, I was with the Maryland bishops. Right. And before that, I worked for the Archdiocese of Los Angeles and a little bit on Capitol Hill. So. I've, I've made the rounds, but happy made, to make it back the, to <laughs> You've made the rounds, in, indeed. And, boy, the, uh, there is not an issue out there that is more, I guess, more in the news, more debated, more talked about, uh, both in public and in private, than Respect Life. Yeah, so, I, you know, it's great. I get to work on life and family advocacy. Um, that's, that's really my title is, you know, the... That, that, and that's my my charge is to focus on you know everything from the beginning of life to the end of life, human trafficking, foster care, religious liberty, um, the death penalty, uh, and making sure that families are able to thrive in California. So those are those are kind of the things that I've been tasked with. Yeah, and and you 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 know you talk about you know abortion or or pro life when when we talk about abortion and you talk about the death penalty. Uh, ends up with some pretty strange bedfellows sometimes. You know, I, I will work with anyone who is willing to uplift uh, an issue, right? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Um, if, you're, if you're willing to, to stand with me on an issue and uh, fight for, for the justice of, of, of human beings, then great, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll fight on the same team. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's something that I so respect about our faith and about the, you, you folks at the conference and, and our bishops that... They're very consistent on on that the the ethics of life, and it's it's not about politics. It's about issues, and it's about life. And uh, if this lands us on this side of the uh, the, the the labels that people toss out, um, you know, the, oh, this makes you a conservative. Oh, that makes you a liberal. Uh, they're, they're meaningless labels. It's all about life. And uh, what was it, Cardinal Bernadine, who talked about the seamless garment? Right. You know, I mean, we, we can say that not all of the issues are the same in the same way that in our legal system, sure. uh, you know, some crimes are worse than others. But we still say that you need to uh, fight for the dignity of every human person throughout uh, every stage of life. And, it, you know, it's the same thing here. Uh, you know, our goal is not to um, be partisan, right? We, right. You know, as Catholics, we're, we're not advocating for a particular party. We advocate that every party becomes more Catholic and, and celebrates and respects and defends the dignity of every human life. Indeed. So you, you mentioned the death penalty. Is, is there much action on the, the death penalty um, nationally or statewide? So there, there have been, um, unfortunately, some executions in uh, a number of states. Uh, including this, uh, you know, just uh, recently in, in Texas. In Texas, um, right. Yeah, so it's been, um, you know, unfortunate. And, and um, there's been some executions that have gone really terribly in Alabama recently. Right. So, again, really, really tragic to see. Uh, here in California, we have a moratorium on the death penalty. Um, the governor did dismantle the death chamber at San Quentin in the budget this year, and so that, that has taken place. The, the death chamber does not exist anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have about 700-odd people on death row, right. and for those people, um, there was a, a bill that the Catholic Conference supported and that passed and was signed into law that says that if you're sentenced to death and you have a cognitive disability um, such as dementia or, or severe cognitive decline, so much so that you, you cannot 
you can no longer remember your crime. You can no longer be held um, responsible for you know, understanding what it is that you did. You can be resentenced to, to life without parole. Uh, because we understand that once you've left that, that moral culpability, if you're, if you're um, you know, mentally incapacitated, you should, um, that should be taken into account when it comes to your sentencing. And ultimately, we want to work for the, the end of the death penalty in California so that no one is on death row um, because there really is a, a better ways for us to be able to um, handle uh, solutions for, for crime in the state, um, better ways to protect public safety uh, and to respect the rights of, of victims um, and, and also to respond appropriately to offenders. So the, that's such a staggering number of people on death row in California. What about those that are, quote-unquote, mentally competent? Um, what, what's their status? Uh, is, 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 there, is it on hold? Or is it, I mean, uh, another governor could reinstitute the, the death chamber? Potentially, yes. You know, but, um, the, the death chamber and, and the death penalty could be instituted by a future California governor. It, it's simply by executive order that we don't have the death penalty and that there is this moratorium right now. But, you know, that could change. And so ultimately our goal um, is, is to end that entirely and, you know, to find other solutions that better respect the dignity of, of uh, those who are incarcerated um, and of the victims and of their families, really taking a restorative justice approach and saying how do we, um, in, insofar as we're able, uh, restore the dignity of, uh, to, to each, each person involved, to um, you know, the memory of the victim, if the victim uh, is, has, has died, um, to the, their family and to the offender to make sure that they have the opportunity to repent of their crime um, and that they're able to make restitution. So what, what sort of, ju- of programs do we have for restorative justice, whether, whether as a, a faith community or, uh, you know, official legislatively? So the Catholic Conference uh, actually worked very hard to have the definition of restorative justice included in our penal code to say that the goal of um, incarceration is not just punishment and is not just uh, retribution, but is restorative, that we want there to be an ability for, insofar as we're able, when, when it is possible, um, and in, in the way that is, that is you know, safe for all involved, to have some kind of restoration created for the victim, for the offender, um, for the, the victim's family. Because ultimately, our, our solutions need, need to take into account the, the entire community, the entire society. And the Catholic Church has really spearheaded this movement. We have a, a lot of programs in our dioceses um, that, that work on restorative justice, that, that help to, to rebuild communities, that help offenders, uh, you know, incarcerated people, when they leave prison, to be able to re-enter society and, and lead productive lives. Um, especially, you know, for, for, for many of these offenders, you know, let's say you're, you're in prison for, you know, some kind of drug-related crime mm-hmm. or uh, shoplifting or something. After you get out of prison, it, it's often very hard to find a job if you have a felony. It can be right. very hard for you to find, um, you know, housing. And so making sure that it's possible for you to be able to lead the best life possible. You, you made a mistake in your, in your past. But going forward, how can you rebuild and, and contribute to society and live a life of virtue and be the best version of yourself? And that's what our dioceses do a great job of. All the restorative justice offices in our diocese are just really fantastic. And we have chaplains in many of the prisons across the state um, and, and the jails. And they just do tremendous work. And here in uh, the Diocese of Sacramento, they've started the Exodus Project to help transition uh, people from from you know, prison or county jail back into society. Um, and it, I think it's going to bear great fruit. It's a, it's a relatively new program, but I think it's going to bear just great fruit. And, you know, it's, I know there, there are people, you know, it's like, well, you know, we should lock people up and throw away the key and make, make the time as hard as possible, et cetera. But, 99% 99% of the people who are currently incarcerated are one day going to be walking among us. So it's better for all of us if there's rehabilitation as opposed to just punishment. Right. And our church teaches about justice and mercy, mm-hmm. right? Justice is giving another what is their due. And so we want to make sure that we are um, fix, 
uh, fixing what, what has been wronged and, and making that up to, to the person that has been wronged insofar as we are able. Um, and then we also have the, the understanding of mercy, that uh, the, the mistakes that you have made uh, do, do not define you. Uh, even, even if they are really grave wrongs that you have done, um, that you can repent of that and you can, you know, uh, you can reconcile yourself with God. I mean, that's why we have the sacrament of reconciliation um, and, and why, you know, this, this whole idea of visiting the imprisoned is, you know, one of the corporal works of mercy, right? That this is, this is our calling. And, and then once you, once you exit the justice system and uh, you return to society, that you should be able to live a full life um, and be able to use what, what has taken place um, as an impetus for you to move forward and, and to um, call others to virtue as well, um, using your past experiences. We're talking with Molly Sheehan, who is the Associate Director of, for Respect Life for the California Catholic Conference, which represents all the bishops of the state of California. Uh, Molly, uh, let's talk about Prop 1 on the, on the California ballot. Uh, people are about to vote on it. Everybody gets a ballot in California, and uh, uh, we, we, we don't see so many of the last-minute hit pieces uh, because— uh, they get wasted. Uh, people have all voted before November. November eighth, not all, but 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 many, uh, and it, uh, voting is just about to start. Uh, tell us, tell us about Prop One and and you know the bishops' positions and your position and and the church's position. Yes, the Proposition One would enshrine a right to abortion through all nine months of pregnancy, paid for by tax dollars in our state constitution. It's really a worst-case scenario for our discussion of uh, abortion, that, that it would make it almost impossible if it is to pass uh, for us to be able to remove or, or make any common-sense limits on abortion. Right now, California law allows for abortion through um, the, the time of viability when uh, an unborn child is about 21 weeks, uh, 21 weeks old or so. And then after that, for the life and health of the mother, um, abortion is legal. But with Proposition 1, it would override even those common sense restrictions and say you can have an abortion through all nine months of pregnancy. Um, it's, it's an incredibly vague proposition, the way that it's worded. And so it, because it simply says you have a right to abortion without any kind of qualifying language about what that right entails, it, it simply means that you have an unrestricted right. Constitutional lawyers are telling us that this would truly allow um, late-term abortions on healthy moms and healthy babies. And here in California, our uh, legislature uh, and the governor has passed $200 million in abortion expansion, including to pay for women from out of state to come to California uh, and have their, uh, their airfare, their lodging, their child care, um, you know, their gas money, their Uber, paid for by the state of California, by taxpayers. So if you come to California for an abortion, all of those things will be paid for. If you want to choose to parent, though, those things, you know, you're really on your, on your own. Good, good luck. You know, hope you can find those supports. But uh, if you want to have an abortion, the, the state of California will pay for it. So with Proposition 1, these things will dovetail together, and we will have uh, women coming here even for late-term abortions paid for by tax dollars. What does Prop 1 do that existing state law doesn't? The Proposition 1 is a constitutional amendment, and the Constitution is the highest law of the land. It, in the United States, it, it, it overrides any other law. In California, it would override any other state law. So whatever is in the, the California Code right now uh, would be overridden by Proposition 1. And Proposition 1 simply says you have a right to abortion, right to choose abortion period, full stop, nothing to qualify that right. So Proposition 1 would say you have a right to an abortion, and, and that right, there's, there's no limits on that right. If you um, want to late to an abortion for any reason at any time, and because the state has a corresponding duty to provide access to a right that it has uh, given, right. Proposition 1 passes, you, have, you also have to pay for those abortions because that right must be... Um, provided for and and that that is where the taxpayer funding comes in so and and because it's constitutional uh, because it is in the constitution it be by definition it's constitutional 
the the legislature can't touch it if if a legislature or a governor is of a different mind they can't touch it the only way to undo it would be uh, for another constitutional amendment precisely and the drafters have said so they've said we don't want any future legislature any future governor to uh, be able to remove this um, you know to be able to place any restrictions on abortion even the most common sense restrictions that most Americans, most Californians would agree with, which is we don't want late-term abortion, you know, that's a bridge too far. We don't want taxpayer funding of that. That's, that's a little extreme. You wouldn't be able to do that even 20, 30, 50 years from now if, if this were to pass because the, the process for a constitutional amendment is so arduous, right? It, it has right. to pass through both houses of the legislature, which is how Proposition 1 has made it on the ballot. Uh, two-thirds vote in both houses. Um, and then once it's, once it's voted on by the people, if it is to pass and it's placed in the Constitution, it, it, it essentially just remains there. It's almost impossible to remove it. So it seems as if the numbers are, even, even in California, they, they might not be 50% strictly pro, quote, unquote, pro-life, but when you add in all these variables like like late term and and who pays for it and some restrictions it seems like the vast majority would be against prop 1 if they really understood it that is precisely the case bob it's that the majority of californians 79% according to a poll from just last month show say 79% of Californians say, yeah, we are not okay with Proposition 1 if it allows late-term abortion. Mm-hmm. That, that, is, that is a fact. That, that's what the polling shows. Um, and we've seen similar numbers when um, likely yes voters who say, yeah, I'll I, I vote yes on, on Proposition 1. I, I want to protect abortion rights. When they're told, well, did you know this allows late-term abortion? This allows uh, taxpayer funding on those late-term abortions. Then they say, eh, I, I don't know if I really want to do that. That's a little much. So this is this is the this is the truth that we need to get out there. Proposition one, um, if if voters understand what Proposition one entails, whether they're you know Democrat, Republican, Green Party, uh, any any party under the sun, whether they are um, identify as pro-life or pro-choice, Californians can agree that Proposition one is too extreme, it is too expensive, and it is unnecessary. And you know even for pro-choice Californians, it's important for us to point out that should Proposition one fail. Abortion is not going anywhere in California. It will still remain legal as it's been for, you know, since 1967. Nothing about that is going to change. We're simply would be rejecting something that is just too extreme and, and truly is unnecessary, something that, um, you know, is, is not good for California and something that pro-life and pro-choice people can agree on. Uh, the coalition against Proposition 1 is very broad. Mm-hmm. It does include pro-life and pro-choice people. It includes... Uh, Democrats and Republicans, uh, and you know people of, uh, who don't identify with any party. It includes atheists and evangelicals and Muslims and lawyers and doctors and business people uh, and Catholics. It includes everyone because this is something that everyone can come together and say, "Yeah, that's too extreme. That's too expensive, and, and I, I don't want that in my state." Yeah, it's it's so well put, Molly. And I just think that you know, and I know you folks are doing your darndest to educate. Who <laughs> we're doing our best here too. And it's it's very difficult because it gets it gets posited as well. If you're in favor of abortion, you're going to vote yes, and if you're against abortion, you're going to vote no. You know, and and people don't get into the and, and they're not even fine details. They're they're bold details um, that that would would if everybody understood everything that's being on there again, like like you just said. Uh, uh, I, I think it would be two to one, probably, uh, the, uh, against Prop 1. It's it's frustrating that that might not happen just because people think they're voting up or down on on any kind of abortion. And that's 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 the troubling part. And you've, with the, I don't know what, uh, what are polls telling you uh, just up or down on yes or no? So, you know, we're seeing, I mean, it really depends on how you ask the question sure, when it comes to polling, sure. right, Bob? I mean, we've seen, you know, there was a Berkeley poll that said just on its face, 
71% of Californians would vote yes on Prop 1. But that's without any qualifiers. That's right. if they don't read the ballot um, arguments that show, you know, here's what Proposition 1 will do. That's if they hear nothing about Proposition 1, and they just say, oh, I, I want to protect abortion rights. Sure. Right. So ultimately, uh, that's, that's the most important thing for people to get is the majority, vast majority, uh, you know, I think upwards of 90% of Californians are opposed to late-term abortion. Mm-hmm. Uh, 79% have said, yeah, I, I, would, I would not vote for, for uh, Prop 1 if it allowed late-term abortion, right? So we just need to get the word out that that is what Prop 1 does. And if we can do that, there's certainly a path to the victory because we are on the side of the majority of Californians who are opposed to something that is that extreme. We don't want late-term abortion on healthy moms and healthy babies. That's that's too far for the majority of Californians. And we don't want healthy moms traveling to California to have a late-term abortion with their healthy baby paid for by our tax dollars. That's, that's you know, too far for most people. It, even for, you know, the most pro-choice people, they say, you know, I, I'm okay with abortion at, you know, at this point, at that point, but I'm not okay with that. Uh, many of the people that I've talked to have said, yeah, that's, that's just too far. And what's interesting, too, is that uh, Californians, uh, you know, a lot of the time they identify, too, with, with this argument that I, I, I'm already struggling to pay for gas. It's, you know, over $6 a gallon right now. Like, you know, I'm trying to put food on the table for my family. I'm trying to pay the rent or pay my mortgage. I, I don't really think I should be paying for someone else to come to California to have an abortion. You know, so these are the arguments that we need to make uh, when we're talking about Prop 1 is making it personal and saying this does affect you personally. It, and and it, you're in the majority if you vote no on Prop 1. And, and just to be very clear here, uh, this has absolutely nothing to do with the Dobbs decision. It has absolutely nothing to do with the U.S. Supreme Court. Uh, if this either passes or is rejected, uh, it, it's just it's not an issue that the U.S. Supreme Court would likely entertain in any way, shape, or form. No, it's a it's a California-based proposition. It has you know no bearing on the national conversation when it comes to the, the Supreme Court. But what happens in California influences other states. Sure. So if this were to pass in California, it would absolutely um, influence other states, and they may entertain passing such a, a similar law, saying, yeah, we're on trying the right to abortion without limits in our Constitution. But California is a bellwether. We, we set the standard for the nation. And so it is important for us to be able to, to lead with, um, with pride and saying, no, that's too much. We're, we're not okay with that. Molly, anything you're working on that I haven't asked you about that you want to uh, tell our listeners? No, I, I want to tell them about some, some positive things, too. Uh, so first of all, you know, I would encourage everyone to vote no on Prop 1 and tell their friends. That, I mean, so that, that's number one. Um, but number two is that I'm, I'm really proud and grateful to have been working for our bishops this year on lifting up what we can do for women, children, and families. Mm-hmm. And that has been through our, our initiative, We Were Born Ready, um, which, you know, if you go to wewerebornready.com, you can find a, a lot of resources to help moms in your community, in your parish, um, you know, to pray for them, to, to support them, to, you know, consider how, how can we as a parish really support moms, especially in this, this, uh, at this moment in time when we're talking so much about the needs of women, um, the needs of children. Like, how do we respond to this moment? Well, one, one easy way to do that is thinking about, okay, who are the moms in our parish who are the moms in our community that are most in need? Who are the most vulnerable, and how can I support them? So that's the, the first thing I'm, I'm really grateful for. The other thing I'll add is that, you know, the Catholic Conference, I mean, we, we um, fight against uh, bad bills, including this abortion expansion, you know, which, is, which has been really rough to see. And we also support good bills. And, you know, I'm, I'm really proud to say that we help support and, and help get passed um, and signed into law a bill to expand paid family leave. So the, the lowest wage workers, uh, minimum wage workers, uh, are able to access that. And so, you know, if, if someone makes minimum wage, she takes time off to have a baby, she can actually do so because um, she's getting enough of pay in order to be able to say, yeah, I can afford to take the time off that I need to be able to bond with my baby mm-hmm. and recover from birth. So super proud of that. Um, and we're proud of, you know, there was another bill that we supported that will help homeless pregnant mothers and homeless families to be able to get uh, permanent supportive housing throughout the state and actually are prioritized something that hasn't happened before in the state. So, you know, those are, those are some positive things that we've seen is, is encouraging ways that, you know, how do we lift up families and help them to thrive in the state um, and protect those 
most vulnerable families who really need our, our support. So, you know, um, I think it's a both and. We have to fight against these injustices in our society and, you know, reject, um, you know, Proposition 1 because of its, its extremity. And, and we have to support women, children, and families. We have to support our moms and the state and make sure that, you know, our families are able to thrive and, and raise their kids here and say, yeah, I'm proud to be Californian. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm so proud of the work that, that you folks do and proud to tell people I'm Catholic. I don't think anybody realizes, uh, and, and <laughs> it's not our style to pat ourselves on the back, but anybody realizes how much the church does to support people uh, in, in all walks of life, and especially right now, you know, mothers, children, families who are struggling uh, to make it to, to lift some of that burden and uh, uh, you know parental leave is a great thing and and uh, people that are you know just uh, all, all these things that uh, you folks are working on it just uh, I'm, I'm glad you, I'm glad you're there Molly uh, that's uh, th- that's hard work but you guys are in the trenches thanks I, you know I'm, I'm very proud to work for our bishops too they've really just lifted up this work this year and really focused on and asked us as, as their staff to focus on supporting families like how can we help families and so it's been it's been wonderful and you know they they led earlier this month a novena to our lady of the rosary right. tonight, proposition one they all made videos every single diocese across the state every single bishop in the state has been leading on this and you know it's just incredible to see them all of the bishops of the state come together and, and working to say, you know, we reject this proposition because it's too extreme for even, for, you know, for, for our state. And, and we support, you know, helping women to be able to, um, you know, welcome their children. We support families and, and wanting to help them. And it's important for, for your listeners to know the Catholic community is the largest provider of private, nonprofit social services in California, in the United States, and in the world. Who we are, it's what we do. Like we started the first uh, hospitals and the first universities, um, you know, in the, in the medieval times, uh, and it's in our DNA to to really serve the most vulnerable. Um, we we answer Jesus' call to feed the hungry, give drink to the thirsty, clothe the naked, visit the sick and in prison. Like that's that's who we are, and it's what we do, and it's what we do well, and it's what we're known for. And so uh, I think it's just good for us to be proud to be Catholic and celebrate that that we're the largest provider. We we just are. Um, so, and, you know, to be able to let your neighbors know that. Like, yeah, this, this is who we are, and um, we, it's because we're animated by the call of Jesus to, to serve the most vulnerable. Yeah, I remember when the Pope, I think it was in Rio de Janeiro at uh, uh, World Youth Day, said, I, I know you guys are all busy. It's too hard to read everything. He says, just read Matthew 25 and do it. <laughs> it's, it's true. You know, yeah. if, if, if we do that, that then that's what people see and that's what people know and it changes our hearts too it, sure it helps does. us to learn like yeah this is this is who i need to be is is a, a, a servant of christ and therefore a servant of uh every person because they bear the face of christ yeah i i just uh, last last month attended the uh, bishop gagos maternity home dinner and just you know just to hear the stories of how how these women had been helped by this volunteer organization you know uh, just one small, small piece, but one on one, it's made a difference in a lot of lives. And I know there's uh, about a hundred organizations like that within the church and and within the the community. Uh, some, most of them Catholic, but not all of them, uh, that are are really making a difference in people's lives. And you know, I had a debate one time with somebody who was talking uh, sort of a formal debate about, well, we'd be better off without the Catholic Church. And I'm like, well, let's just say the Catholic Church did not exist in Northern California or in the state of California. The safety net that we provide in so many areas that is just taken for granted. I mean, we're doing the, the, the work that either it wouldn't exist or the state would have to pick up the, uh, the, the net. And, and it's, it's very large, very broad. Yeah, the, the Catholic community just steps up in so many different ways. You know, our, our parishes that have food pantries, our St. Vincent the Paul chapters that will visit families and say, all right, what do you need? Okay, yep. you need help finding a fridge? We'll get that for you. You know, our Catholic charities that have 
homeless shelters and food banks and, um, you know, those people with, with disabilities and, and refugee resettlement and, uh, you know, uh, help people recover from, from California wildfires and our Catholic hospitals, which close, uh, you know, one in seven patients in the state. Like, without, without the Catholic Church, like, so many people would, would not be able to, um, to, to live and thrive. So many people, so many more people would be at risk. And so, uh, you know, it's one of the reasons I'm proud to be Catholic is um, because of the, the work that we do, and it's all in response to the call of the Lord, right? That, that Jesus has asked us, okay, you need to serve uh, the least of these, you need to serve your brothers and sisters, and so that's what we do. So, um, you know, if you want to get involved in terms of advocating so that we can, we can do more of this work and, and really serve the vulnerable, um, you know, through, through the two feet, you know, so uh, justice, justice and, and, um, and charity, you know, we do all this charity work, and then the Catholic Conference, we do the work of advocacy, which is making mm-hmm. sure that all of our laws respect human dignity. If you want to get involved with that, you can visit our website and sign up at cacatholic.org. I just encourage your listeners to do so, cacatholic.org. Very good. Molly, thanks so much for all you do. Thanks for taking the time to, to be with us today. I know our listeners have been well served and uh, look forward to our paths crossing again soon. Amazing. Thanks, Bob. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much, Molly. God bless. That's uh, Molly Sheehan uh, from the uh, California Catholic Conference, uh, the uh, Associate Director for Respect Life. And boy, they, they got the right person in that job. Uh, she's just tireless advocate for for life in all its stages, the unborn, of course, but the elderly and every every life at all stages of life. It isn't just the unborn. It isn't just the elderly. It's everybody in between, too. Everybody's life is valuable. We'll take a quick break. Back with more on the Bishop's Hour right after this. This portion of the Bishop's Hour is brought to you by a grant from the St. Vincent de Paul Society. Drop by and shop at the thrift store, a beautiful, beautiful thrift store at 2275 Watt Avenue. Open Mondays through Saturdays from 10 to 8 and Sundays from 11 to 6. They also accept donations at the store, donations of furniture, appliances, clothing, books, everyday household items. Your donations help to fund the many projects of the St. Vincent de Paul Society throughout the Diocese of Sacramento. Do such wonderful, wonderful work, and the thrift store is uh, one of the the ways they uh, raise the funds to help people throughout the diocese, and also uh, uh, many of their clients are able to access the uh, thrift store for uh, items that they need. You can uh, give them a call. They will come pick it up as well, but you can uh, give them a call. They're at 916-972-1212. And remember, again, the thrift store is open uh, seven days a week at 2275 Watt Avenue right here in Sacramento. Well, Bishop Soto refers to Christ the King Retreat Center as the jewel of the diocese, and indeed it is. What a beautiful oasis it is. It's located in Citrus Heights, uh, right in the hustle and bustle of the city, and you feel like you're getting away from it all when you uh, turn off the main road and just uh, uh, come into Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center. Christ the King has served Northern California and the Diocese of Sacramento for over 60 years through parish weekend retreats, individual spiritual direction, and a variety of other programs. For information on all the programs that they offer, including residential programs, give them a call. They're at 916-725-4720, or you can visit them at 6520 Van Maren Lane in Citrusites. And we certainly thank uh, the St. Vincent de Paul Society and Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center for their fine and long-standing support of the Bishop's Hour. This is Julie Sly, editor of Atlet Herald Magazine, and you're listening to the Bishop's Hour with Bob Dunning. Thank you, Julie, for all you do here in the Diocese of Sacramento. Thanks for that wonderful introduction. We should let you know that there will be a, a March to Save the Unborn, Saturday, October 22nd, 1 p.m. at the state capitol. Uh, this has to do with uh, voting no on Prop 1. Uh, meet at the Hyatt Hotel, uh, Starbucks at 1209 L Street in downtown Sacramento. It's a 1.2-mile walk around the capitol. The uh, signage is welcome. Uh, obviously, make it appropriate, etc. Uh, you can contact, uh, to, for more information, contact Michelle Jacqueline at uh, Pro-Life Political Advocates, 916, uh, Pro-Life Political Advocate, uh, 
406-7003. Again, that's Saturday, the 22nd of this month, uh, October at 1 p.m. Also, the, uh, our good friend uh, Mike Allison uh, is uh, uh, telling us about a, a wonderful event. Saturday, November 5th, 2022 at St. Mel's Parish. It's a Men's Faith Day uh, Saturday schedule. It begins with the Rosary at 8 a.m. What a great way to start the day. A Holy Mass at 8.30 a.m., followed by a Continental Breakfast. Inspirational talks by uh, Carlo Broussard of Catholic Answers with a good Q&A. A great uh, catered barbecue lunch, confession opportunities, and it all concludes at 3.45 p.m. Uh, also, the Family Faith Renewal will night takes place the day the, the night before. They, they do this and bring the whole family uh, Friday, November 4 at, at St. Mel's Parish, which is on Pennsylvania Avenue in Fair Oaks. 7 to 9 p.m., free event for the entire family. Uh, Carla will speak there as well. Free ice cream from uh, Leatherby's Music with Aaron Thompson. The guest speaker is uh, Carla Broussard. He is one of the most dynamic and uh, gifted Catholic speakers on the circuit today, communicating with precision of thought and a genuine love for God. Carla will speak about God's plan for the family. He's a native of southern Louisiana. He left a promising musical career to devote himself full-time to the work of Catholic apologetics. Carlo is one of the most dynamic and gifted Catholic speakers out there. Uh, his, if he will talk about the four levels of manhood based on Father Robert Spitzer's articulation of the four levels of happiness. Carlo explains how there are four levels of manhood and provides a plan that challenges men to not settle for less. Uh, again, it all takes place, uh, the, the family event, November 4, 7 to 9 p.m. at St. Mel's. And the uh, men's event on Saturday, November fa- November 5, the next morning, uh, beginning with the Rosary, Holy Rosary at 8 a.m., the Holy Mass at 8.30 a.m., concluding at 3.45 p.m. So it should be, it should be a, a great two days at, uh, at St. Mel's. Also, um, the uh, Worship the Lord in the Beauty of Holiness, uh, the Diocese of Sacramento Liturgy Formation Series uh, is uh, c- it, it continues. It's uh, the first. The first one will be October the fifteenth, and then then they'll go from there. The uh, it's presented by the Diocese of Sacramento Liturgical Commission, Office of Worship, and Office of Family and Faith Formation. It's a six-part series for liturgy committee members, liturgy coordinators, liturgical ministers, musicians, as well as teachers, catechists, and those who do sacramental preparation. The purpose is to promote the fully conscious and active participation of all the faithful by forming qualified liturgical leaders to achieve beautiful and dignified liturgies according to the teachings of the church. Drawing upon sacred scripture and primary liturgical documents, this series offers a comprehensive introduction to liturgical principles and practices through selected readings, lecture, discussion, and individual projects. Practical application will be emphasized. It's $120 for all sessions. Financial assistance is available. <clears throat> the first one will be uh, uh, it, it, it will be at the uh, Pastoral Center on Saturdays, 8 a.m. to 2 p.m., but virtual is available. Session 1, October 15, History of the Mass. I can't think of a more fascinating topic. Is the Mass today like the Mass uh, 2,000 years ago, 1,000 years ago, 500 years ago, the history of the Mass? Uh, Session 2 is November 19th, the Principles of Liturgy. Session 3, January 21st, Principles of Liturgy 2. Session 4, February 4th, Principles of Liturgy 3. Session five, parts of the Mass. I'm learning about each of the parts of the Mass. And session six, that's May the 6th, session five. And session, session six is June the 17th, rites and preparation. All of them, 8 a.m. to 2 p.m., light refreshments are provided. That you're, you're asked to uh, please, please bring a, uh, a uh, bag lunch if, if you so, uh, so desire. It should, and if you want uh, more information, contact Excuse me, Laura Lynn Solano. Laura Lynn is at 916-733-0153. 
uh, and uh, or you can uh, email her l solano s o l a n o at scd.org. You know, we were talking with uh, Molly Sheehan from the California Catholic Conference, and uh, the conference, uh, the uh, director, the executive director, uh, Kathleen Domingo, uh, has issued the following statement from uh, the uh, California Catholic Conference. She says the abortion bills signed by, by Governor Newsom include new abortion infrastructure, allowing nurse practitioners to perform abortions without physician oversight, forcing employers to pay for abortions outside of insurance coverage, and expediting board certification for abortion workers. The funding also includes $20 million from AB 1918 to pay for the scholarships and loan repayments of doctors who study abortion, and $20 million from SB 1142 to pay for travel, lodging, gas money, and doula support of women from out of state seeking an abortion. Yet these are the words of Molly Sheehan, uh, not of Molly, of uh, Kathleen Domingo. Uh, yet the governor vetoed doula support and comprehensive uh, perinatal support for California's mothers through Medi-Cal and investment in their rapidly dwindling mental health workforce, citing the cost. Earlier this year, the legend, there were three bills, AB 2199, AB 1930, AB 2222, Earlier this year, the legislature removed co-pays and deductibles for abortions, SB 245, yet the most economically vulnerable women and children on Medi-Cal must still pay subscriber fees for prenatal and postpartum care and pediatric visits. The governor and this legislature have clearly prioritized abortion over the health and well-being of California mothers and children. This is not reproductive equity. Improving women's health and reproductive care would see investment in maternity care, preventative care, and prioritizing the needs of all women in California. You think even if you're ardently in favor of abortion, uh, that you would also be in favor of providing uh, equal funding for those women who wish to have their children. Tra- the, the Kathleen Domingo uh, goes on to say, tragically, the legislature prejudices the choice of abortion over women who choose motherhood by supporting and subsidizing only one option. This is not giving women and families equitable reproductive health options in all spheres of life. California's mothers and families deserve better. Kathleen Domingo, uh, the executive director of the California Catholic Conference, concludes Proposition 1 will only take this further by enshrining a right to unrestricted abortion. California goes far beyond Roe or current law. Rights have corresponding duties, and by eliminating viability limits and allowing unrestricted late-term abortion, Prop 1 will require an obligation of the state to provide abortion funding over and above what is already uh, committed. This egregious prioritization of abortion put over the needs of mothers and children needs to be reversed. Those are the words of Kathleen Domingo of the California Catholic Conference. Boy, a lot, a lot going on in our world. Gabe, seems like it. Seems like we got a lot going on. It's funny. I every time there's a uh, there's a um, there's a uh, something being voted on, it always seems like you kind of get half of the story, and everybody else gets you know their half of the story, and you know you hear like different propositions to say you know this if this votes yes on this it's going to hurt these people and you say if this votes no and it's going to hurt the same people it's like you never know who's it's 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 hard to be politically active in a world where you just don't know what's what's well, you know, being honest you know it, it's it's interesting to me though in a state that uh has so many programs that help people it really does you know and and uh uh, they, they push, uh, you know, uh, parental leave and things like that. And wonderful stuff, and yet um, we we accept that uh, the majority of uh, that, that that's just California law. The majority of legislators are are pro-abortion. There's there's no way around it, or pro-choice, or however you want to want to uh, right. uh, tag it, but pro keeping abortion legal. Uh, right. That's I guess the fairest uh, neutral way to say it, and yet. Uh, when it comes to providing funding for women that want to go to term, women in the in lower economic status who who they don't have the same funding for that right. they do for abortion. And you go well, we understand that you're you're pro keeping abortion legal, but 
what about all these Californians? They're taxpayers too. They're you know they're trying to get by. They're trying to make a living. They're trying to support their families. Why not help them? Uh, those that want to have children, right? And uh, that's that. Uh, the the inequality of it is 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 stunning to me. Speaking of the the pro life you know movement in, in general, um, you know we've been hearing some great news from out there on the uh, the forty days for life uh, um, on Twenty Ninth Street. Street. Yeah, from Winnet Sills and her group out there, and uh, all the faithful that are out there every day. And I don't mean necessarily faithful in the Catholic way; cause it's open to everybody. Uh, <laughs> but everybody who's been out there, apparently, they've had some saves. They've had some people who've inquired. And by saves, I, I you know to quantify that, they typically say uh, it's it's the folks that you know show up there that they they engage in conversation and that. We'll tell them that, you know what, I was going to go in and I decided not to now after talking to you and finding out what it is, but you know, people have to offer. All the, all the services that are right. available to them and all the people that are willing to help them. It's not uh, arm twisting. It's not moralizing. It's not, it's, it's saying, hey, we're here to help you. Right. Well, I mean, the biggest misconception that you always hear, one of the biggest ones, there's a lot, but one of the biggest ones is that pro-lifers only care about the baby until it's born well you as, as we just heard from uh uh molly sheehan oh my gosh look at all the programs yeah that the church has to accompany mm -hmm. uh families women children men fathers mothers um um all the programs from the from the moment you were born yeah on um i i'm not supposed to get upset <laughs> that, that argument that I hear, I know it's such a it's such a soundbite, and it sounds so good. Oh, you only care about the baby before it's born. It, it, not not this church. These are like what uh, this church cares about all the way through all stages of life. These are what I like to call um, pre-internet, um, yeah. you know, type of, uh, uh, of quotations because. Before the internet, before you know, you really could just go, "Hey, what kind of 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 posts, you know, birth help does the Catholic Church give, or do do, do faith based organizations in general do?" Um, before the internet, you could just say things like that and go, "Yeah, they don't care," and people go, "Oh, okay." You said it with so much confidence, you must know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> but now you look at the internet and you Google something, and it's all of a sudden it's like, oh, this is there. Here's here's a list of the top twenty out of however many hundreds of of organizations in your city alone that are here to help. And so it's one of those. I mean, you you hear these. I mean, they're almost like old wives' tales at this point. It's like things you hear people say, again, like you said, sound bites, and it's like that isn't necessarily well, true. The, the one the one question I ask people now. When we get it, yeah, I, I don't get into debates and arguments, but when you have it's hard not to. I say, okay, let's just talk about the Sacramento Life Center giving away two year supply of diapers and baby formula. Right. Please give me a good reason why that's a bad thing. Come yeah. up with a reason why that's a bad thing. You just gave somebody who diapers are expensive. They are. You might believe know me. That, I, I know. Yes. Yeah. You know they're expensive. Just I feel like I feel like Al Pacino in the Third Godfather. Just when I was out, they pulled me back in. Yeah, you, <laughs> My daughter is out of diapers, and now <laughs> then I had a baby. <laughs> years years ago, when uh, it was just a, kind of at the advent of disposable diapers, there was no such thing. I didn't use them when I was a baby. Yeah. We had the diaper man come yeah. every once a week. Tidy Dighty Diaper Service. Yep. I remember my oldest son. It was like we get a delivery of like 90 diapers yep. uh, uh, once a week or something like that. Yeah. And you'd have this pail that you <laughs> kind of, you know, you'd rinse them out and you'd do everything. But you, you then you'd put them in this pail and they would come pick up the pail. Yep. You kind of put the pail <laughs> out on the back porch. Yep. And, uh, and then Tidy Diapy would come. Pick it up, and they'd bring you ninety fresh ones. Yep. And uh, by golly, that's how that's what it was. And you had clothespins, not clothespins. Uh, you had safety pins. Safety pins. Yep. Nah, they, they weren't really safety because you. Yeah, yeah. You I always scars in your in your thumb. Yeah, that was out of your thumb. You know, that was <laughs> such a oxymoron. Safety <laughs> pin with this giant spear at the and end. Occasionally, your child would get. 
pricked with it on, oh, yeah. on, on the th- on the, the oh, yeah. hip, you know. Well, I mean, you think of the frequency of people who get pricked with boutonnieres on on prom night. Exactly. You know, mom and dad yeah. is exhausted, aren't going to be able to pin you correctly. So it's yeah, it's uh, but that's the way diapers were. Now now it's I don't I don't think those businesses even exist anymore. Some people probably still use cloth diapers. They do. I know. I know a few who do. You you, you get the people who when you have a baby like when I, we first had our first son, who are like. You're not going to go disposable, are you? Oh yeah, it's they like get, they, oh. can't, they frown at you. Yeah, they look down at you, and yeah, yeah. I'm not going to say where they live, but it's yeah, closer it's, to you than me. After about <laughs> after about three months, they're, they're, it's just you know disposable diapers are so easy, but they're you know it's it's. My dad loves to tell the story that that's how I was diaper. Um, I I, I learned how not to use my diaper was I would sit. Whatever day it was, we had this big window in our old house, and I would sit, I guess, on the couch backwards, waiting for the diaper man to show up. Oh yeah! And finally, one day, he just told me, "Hey man, diaper man's not coming anymore." anymore. Yeah, (laughs) it's it's on you, big guy. So yeah, that's how I became potty trained. I just uh, I realized I was no longer getting my diaper man to come by. So So how how come there's something wrong with giving someone? to your supply of diapers you know i couldn't think of an argument yeah. whatsoever i get you know i mean anyone can come up with any argument and i'm sure they would say something about the environment or something about whatever but in reality you, you when you start to make um when you start to make bets against life it's not well it's not know, really it's not really the best side to be on talk to marie leatherby the executive director of the sacramento life center about this like you know, everybody wants to be an undercover reporter. Right. All you got to do, if, if 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 bad stuff's really going on there, you send somebody in as a as a a fake client. Right. And you record everything and right. you video everything, uh, and and you say, "Aha! See, this is what really happens." There. Right. Oh yeah, it would happen all the time. And you it would happen all the time, and there's not one instance of anybody doing that well especially in the last year with everything with the supreme court and stuff like that that would happen constantly and it doesn't and you know and it is i'm sure people have tried and gone in and walked out and said there's nothing going on there that's wrong i mean i may you they may disagree with right with their pro-life stance correct yeah but but there's nothing going on there they're not they're not twisting arms they're not uh they're not doing anything but offering these people services. I bet you they don't even have locks on the doors inside, so you're oh, not. You yeah, could leave exactly, whenever you yeah, want, exactly you know. Right. And and, yeah. and that's the thing is 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 you, you listen to Marie talk. Well, you and, come voluntarily, and you leave voluntarily. Right, exactly. Uh, you know, and 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 Marie, you hear Marie talk about it, and it's almost like it's it's almost like. Um, you know when you hear about people talk about how how you know quote unquote bad the world is on the internet, and then you go outside in your neighborhood and you don't see any of that. It's almost like you hear about these people talking about, oh, this is so bad for this and these and these 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 pregnancy centers and this. And Marie's just kind of like, I don't know, we're doing our thing. Everybody seems happy and satisfied with yeah. us. So, you know, it's interesting how how people want to again shape a narrative. And the reality of it is, I think if you have to shape a narrative, the reality of it is, on one hand. You're doing this. You're you're aborting babies. On the other hand, we're offering help and 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 solutions to the problems that may pop up with with life with everybody. I mean, there's not one parent in the world, and I've I've done it three times now. There's not one parent in the world that will say, "No, everything was great. Everything's fine. There was no problems. Nothing. No hiccups yeah. whatsoever." There's always a hiccup. Sure. So they are eliminating all these programs we're talking about are eliminating the hiccups that are extraordinary and and they do because you know you're gonna have hiccups your kids are gonna get sick my son had 104 temperature the other day my 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 one-year-old we he and i were in the hospital it's two o'clock in the morning and i had to be at work at you know 5 30 the next day that's a hiccup you know but you just deal with it you do it and and it it is what it is it's part of being a parent and i think that there's not enough people out there that are there's so many people that are willing to do so they just need to understand that it's okay what you're going through is normal and we're here to help yeah and you know what the, the the life center is? They're not involved in politics. They're not over banging on the doors of the legislature saying ban abortion. They're just doing their work. They're trying to help people. That's all they're doing. Yeah. They stay out of politics. They just they're just doing, you know. Yeah, and people, you know, that whole argument that you said earlier when you first started talking about um, people saying, you know, it doesn't matter because we're California. Don't let that discourage you. If you're on 
you know, the, the pro-life side of it. And, and if you're not, I hope you listen to our show and decide you want to go that way. But you know, if that's, don't let it discourage you because it's, it's not, it doesn't mean that you're, you're fighting for something in vain. You know, there's a lot still to be fought for. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, in, 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 you know, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 you go back 50 years and look at, look at things that were the way the world, laws change. They laws change. You can say, well, this state used to be this. Now it's this. This state used to be that. Now it's this. Um, laws change because because people get involved. Mm-hmm. You know, and I would urge everybody. Uh, now that we're in the election season, vote. But, but look yeah. at all the candidates. Look at all the issues. Study them. Inform your conscience. Go to the California Catholic Conference. They do a great job of analyzing issues, uh, and tell you about them in, in light of church teaching. And then, and then you know, make up your mind, yeah, and, and go vote. But don't sit on the sidelines and say, "Well, it's not going to make any difference." Uh, it yeah. does make a difference. Well, and that, and, and and the idea that you know, California is probably one of the most influx states right now. Oh yeah, it is there's sure a, is. a lot of people leaving, a lot of people moving here. You know, when it all well, shakes, you look at you look at the state that gave us, uh, and I'm making no qualification on anybody. It, it gave us Richard Nixon and Ronald Reagan. It also gave us Jerry Brown and Gavin Newsom and right. Pete Wilson and George right. Duke Majin. And, yep. uh, you, you can just go right through it. it it's it's uh, all over. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Over the, Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know, it's all over the map yeah. in terms of, of their politics. It, it gave us, you know, Thomas Kuechel and S.I. Hayakawa and George Murphy mm-hmm. and Dianne Feinstein. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, it just it's all over the map politically you say well it's all this way or it's all that way uh, that's not the history of california no it's not and i think that's that's one of the things i think a lot of people don't don't sort of take into account when they talk a lot about politics or the way the world is is that our our memory of a lot of things is very very small compared to the yeah. cycle of things and you know the, everything everything is cyclical so yeah. you know the ronald reagan being the governor was not that long ago, but politically, politically, but like time-wise, sure, it was it was a good it was a good distance away because I mean, there are people but now who are Schwarzenegger is very modern, though. right? You yeah, know, yeah. Or Pete Wilson. Pete Wilson, yeah. So you know, or Jerry Brown. Yeah, know. but I'm saying is like you know, if you talk about that, you know, one ideology running a state or another, right. it's like it, it's always in flux. It, it may seem one way because it maybe everyone you talk to in the state is that one way or another yeah. way, but it's not always that way. No. Absolutely. Yeah. That's going to do it for us for today. Thanks for listening, everyone. God bless. We'll talk to you again soon. This portion of the Bishop's Hour is brought to you by a grant from the St. Vincent de Paul Society. Drop by and shop at the thrift store, a beautiful, beautiful thrift store at 2275 Watt Avenue. Open Mondays through Saturdays from 10 to 8 and Sundays from 11 to 6. They also accept donations at the store, donations of furniture, appliances, clothing, books, everyday household items. Your donations help to fund the many projects of the St. Vincent de Paul Society throughout the Diocese of Sacramento. Do such wonderful, wonderful work, and the thrift store is uh, one of the the ways they uh, raise the funds to help people throughout the diocese, and also uh, many of their clients are able to access the uh, thrift store for uh, items that they need. You can uh, give them a call. They will come pick it up as well, but you can uh, give them a call. They're at 916-972-1212. And remember, again, the thrift store is open Uh, seven days a week at 2275 Watt Avenue right here in Sacramento. Well, Bishop Soto refers to Christ the King Retreat Center as the jewel of the diocese, and indeed it is. What a beautiful oasis it is. It's located in Citrus Heights, uh, right in the hustle and bustle of the city, and you feel like you're getting away from it all when you... uh, Turn off the main road and just uh, uh, come into Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center. Christ the King has served Northern California and the Diocese of Sacramento for over 60 years through parish weekend retreats, 
individual spiritual direction and a variety of other programs. For information on all the programs that they offer, including residential programs, give them a call. They're at 916-725-4720, or you can visit them at 6520 Van Maren Lane in Citrus Heights. And we certainly thank uh, the St. Vincent de Paul Society and Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center for their fine and longstanding support of the Bishop's Hour. Can I pour my heart out to a listening ear? But I see this life, it's valleys and mountains And I think of all the roads that brought me here Oh, that brought me here Walking down, walking down the road Well, I've questioned my reasons This life I'm living I question my 